Namaste and let me start with uh, this little incident which took place just before before uh, the whole thing began and uh, you know even in the most trivial things there is something very profound and beautiful so the incident was when monika asked me to move towards the mother and as a consequence we had to shift the books and shift the mic so um, one of the lessons something which had come to me as an insight keeps coming one of them was if you shift your thoughts your actions tend to shift automatically they shift if you shift your feelings your relationships will shift you just can't help it they'll tend to shift if you shift your interests your goals your friends will shift <laughs> if you shift yourself physically then obviously your companions those who are immediately they will shift but if you shift your very aim of life the life undergoes a tumultuous shift and if you shift the ground of being then everything shifts a ground of being i mean the bedrock on which we stand most of us stand on the bedrock of what we call as our self you know healing ourselves and that our self is normally the ego self so i had a very interesting little whatsapp interchange with someone dear friend who writes this and then the person takes one's own name let's say this alok this alok must change must grow more sincere must grow this so i asked yes that is fine but who is this alok because as long as we are identified with the little surface personality all other things they are not really going to change if i remain who i am with regard to my self identification i may do 100 things i may sit and meditate i may try this method that method but the most important if you really want to shift things as i said we can start with the thought we can start with the feelings but if we shift the ground of being if we shift the goal then it has a tremendous impact the mother once recounted a very beautiful story she met uh, a sufi mystic while she was in france my own feeling is it was probably inayat ali khan because she had met him while she was in france and he had come eventually to the ashram and he had given a performance uh, for shubhendu an offering shubhendu didn't come down he was upstairs but uh, so she says he told me something very interesting and it was instead of washing the stains one by one change the whole sheet <laughs> so in yoga this is called change of consciousness that is the ground on which we stand if that changes everything changes so often people for example ask um, you know ye samajh nahi aata hai when i read this i am talking about spiritual books spiritual books let me qualify because all kinds of things come in the name of spiritual books spiritual books are not books which write about spiritual things 
Spiritual books are books written with a spiritual consciousness. Of course, Shabindra's books are written with the highest <laughs> of um, of the spiritual states that one can even imagine. But spiritual books, one can write about spiritual things from a purely mental consciousness. It has no impact. And one can write about the most common things from the spiritual consciousness and it will transmit that. And we read Madhra and Shabindo, they speak about the smallest things. So there is a difference. So when somebody asks the mother, Mother, my child is not uh, having food properly, my child is this, what should I do? So the mother gives a little prescription, remedy. Now, you see, people when they apply this remedy, there can be a whole list of remedies. They take it that, okay, this is the remedy given, now I, I apply it. But we have to understand, <laughs> this remedy is now been potentiated by the one who has activated it. This is something we forget very often. And though as youngsters, many of us, I am sure, remember, when we went to a doctor, is it just the medicine that helped us or something intangibly tangible about the physician's personality? For me, it was important. I think for most of us, medicines were very few. Pink mixtures and green mixtures and some APC powders. And it, it, it helped. I mean, there were not so many medicines, fortunately. But there was something about the doctor's personality which, you know, because they had to develop these skills. So often I keep saying that, you know, one of the problems of uh, over-qualifying yourself uh, is to trap you into an illusion that you are someone or something. And so you stop working upon yourself. Whereas... When people don't have that, they develop naturally the qualities which are re required for you uh, as a human being, as a doctor. It comes very naturally. So, uh, these doctors, very instinctively, they develop certain things. Beta, kaisa hai? How are you doing? Koi baat nahi. And we also connected like that uncle. <laughs> and uncle put his hand over the pulse and after seeing it, says, don't worry, sab ho jayega. all will be fine. Uh, sometimes he would say when the disease seems very difficult, I am writing the medicine, don't worry, believe in God, he will cure you. Some doctors used to write, I give medicines, but God cures. And the link between giving the medicine and the cure of God is the faith. So it was important to have faith in the doctor. Same qualification, but faith mattered. Now, this is because of the extreme mentalized world, we try to see what are the qualifications which hospital the doctor is working. Sometimes even how much money he charges, paradoxically. If the doctor doesn't charge money, his advice is of no, not much value. So, this is uh, one of those things that has happened. Otherwise, faith in the doctor, faith in the healing system. I am aware of people and I am sure everyone is but this awareness is important to bring home because people are losing this awareness um, because of being flooded with uh, whole kinds of medicines everywhere. But I am aware of people who were brought up only on homeopathy right from childhood. The fact that they are alive <laughs> is itself an evidence that something works. 
it's not about pathy it's about uh, i mean each pathy has its own plus and minus but they had faith this will work and they grew up and they were we ourselves have grown up a lot on these things so there is faith in the system that we are going to faith in the medicine which messrs google and company has taken away from us the charm of even taking the medicine the red pill the orange pill i'll get well now you know people come and ask me doctor saab what will be the side effects i said okay wait so i'll tell you side effects first of food you eat including the chops and the ketchups and the samosas and the oil in which it is fried i'll tell you the side effects of the air we breathe side effects of the water we drink and most important side effects of the company we keep side effects of the books we read so uh, i'll give you a whole list of side effects so what we do is we try to balance in a healing process between the risks and the benefits that's all doctors so beyond a when you give a medicine beyond a dose you are probably now cutting that edge in every medicine you will see the therapeutic index the same thing becomes a poison when you give beyond a dose and the same thing when used in lesser doses is a medicine so we have to balance the lesser the dose the chances of unless there is a idiosyncratic reaction that less chances of side effect now why we are sharing all this when we are talking about opening to the divine force for healing is that the subject i suppose yeah so this idea the mind creates certain impossible paradoxes one of them is either or so i have met people who say i'll never take medicines but they go to a doctor of course they come and say so they come and tell me all their problems i look at them and then i start no 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 medicine i don't want medicine so i sit quiet and <laughs> what do you want me to do i said no do you then one is do you dispense homeopathy i said no i am sorry but i am not trained enough to dispense homeopathy there is someone else out there no can you just uh, do something and cure me i said magic <laughs> magic yes magic can happen but magic doesn't happen like the way we understand magic we feel magic is has no process See, ask any magician, even an ordinary magician. Hey, how are you bringing out things out of the black hat? It says a lot of labor has gone behind the scenes which you are not aware. What about miracles? Miracles, of course, are different from magic. Miracles too have a process. Miracles are not hanging in the air, and the reason is everything. If we understand how Earth nature works, everything that happens upon Earth. is through an evolutionary chain of cause and effect so there are three levels of causes that operate at any given point of time the ultimate cause is of course the divine the the buck stops there it begins from there stops there but in the course of evolution there are several intermediary causes that have come into play and which includes a lot of forces tangible or rather sensible and 
those which we cannot see or feel with the senses. So the virus physical protein is sensible. I mean in, to the extent that you can see it under an electron microscope highly magnified. You can even smell a virus. You can feel it on the tongue taste virus. In the sense that you don't taste the virus but the vibration which is there. But that is only one aspect. There are elements which are not sensible. As Shubhendu says, whenever we have a flu, he said there are three or four components of a flu. One is that little physical element which is like a vehicle, it's a car. Along with that, there is an adverse force which is using it, riding on it. The car may be this or that but there is something else which is riding over the car. And along with that, there is this force usually is a bad will, force of bad will, that's how he puts it. And then there is along with that a suggestion which is floating around. And that suggestion is, oh this may happen, that may happen. These suggestions come in such crafty ways. I have often seen people having autoimmune disorders and many others. I have asked them, did you have a will to die? You know, when we are young, adolescent crisis and all that, sometimes strong will, life has difficult situations and we develop this strong will to die, but we don't take the step. But the thought keeps vibrating inside. It sets certain things in motion. That's why it's important to know in one of the Upanishads, the question is, what sets thought into motion? That's very interesting. <laughs> Otherwise, thought starts setting things into motion. So there is the suggestion which is floating in the atmosphere and something on our side which is called fear. When we have this combination, it's a perfect recipe used by Messrs. Death and Company. This is the news with which they bind us, the news of ignorance, the news of fear, the news of falsehood, the news of unconsciousness. That is how their dukan, their business is running. So what is the news of falsehood? That this world is governed by mechanical chance, random events, etc, etc. So I was talking about this intermediary forces, tremendous news of ignorance, news of fear, the worst kind of impurity that can ever come. It's a direct, it implies I have no faith. So people who say I am calling mother but nothing is happening, so I ask them, why are you calling? I am afraid if something may happen to me. I <laughs> said, you are contradicting yourself. When you call with faith, then stay quiet. The third is news of falsehood. At one place, mother says illness is a falsehood. By that she is not saying it's an illusion. There is a difference between illusion and a falsehood. It's something which ought not to be there. And yet it takes hold and everything in us through belief, through all kinds of things, encourages it and starts growing its tentacles deep inside us. Instead, if we remind ourselves, I am not this illness. If I may use the powerful phrase of the Upanishad, I am that whom nothing can touch. Keep reminding ourselves. Yes, illness is there, but this is not my reality. You know, we keep reminding people, unfortunately, 
you are a diabetic you want to do this you are a hypertensive i said please don't take away don't rob me of my identity i am not a diabetic or a hypertensive i have diabetes and hypertension fair enough okay if you want to put it like that so our identity is you see this how and it's all not done nothing is done consciously it's all unconscious play so news of unconsciousness news of falsehood news of fear that's why we see yama with this pash what does the divine grace do it has to first liberate us from these things so these are the intermediary causes and then there is the immediate cause immediate cause may be you know one even there there are two dimensions of the immediate cause one is physical the other is psychological i fell ill because a virus entered my system is an immediate physical cause but the previous night i was in a very disturbed state is parallel psychological cause in the dream i saw a snake actually coming and attacking me is all these are happening together they are not uh, you know unfortunately modern modern medicine has not developed along those lines where it takes into cognizance all the different layers on which illness has happened um uh, i should do this it was very fascinating i i didn't believe in research much so but at times when patients came i used to ask them so what dream did you see last night or last few nights how have you been last few times last few months and then you discover a whole world so the immediate cause is not just the virus or the bacteria but things happening in the physical psychological and occult environment it is true that there are places which are not conducive to healing and i always believe that you know the future of hospitals is that they'll become healing spaces right now they are not they are cubicles more like disease spaces <laughs> I go to a hospital i look at the rooms i will tread this is not a place if you come out of it healed you are very fortunate because grace is everywhere it's in spite of that because the setup doesn't support healing medicines do doctors do they are like truly but the the way the environment should be a healing process it should facilitate similarly like schools are no more uh, you know learning <laughs> they should change into learning spaces they should not be designed like typically again most match boxes this room that room and all the room this class that class you have a teacher coming good morning teacher yes uh, what is the subject today physics what shall we teach open a book that's not how learning happens that's not the way life makes us learn so it should be learning spaces where things are provided very consciously to make children learn and of course homes must have spaces of love it should be garden of love all that is a very far cry why because first thing is to change our consciousness so it's coming to that that why miracles don't happen as often as they be they ought to the divine is omnipotent there is no doubt about it fundamentally he is omnipotent he is omniscient he dwells in the heart of every creature so why still does it happen that we call and there are people for whom people have prayed and they don't don't get healed or sometimes they die well first thing is we need to understand that he is not just omnipotent 
whose action or power is at the mercy of any human will struggling in ignorance it can happen that's why in the gita you have the prayer of the artharthi who seeks benefits from god and he grants sometimes sometimes he doesn't the prayer of the arth this is something which almost invariably works i have seen n number of times in my own life in the life of some people when you are in utter distress you just don't know you you are in a helpless state what you can do you realize the utter helplessness of human efforts and that moment you cry with your being your heart it is not a prayer which is like a standard textbook formula it is just climbs from the heart in a state of acute distress and there is a response without a doubt there is a response so that yes such interventions do take place but at the same time we need to understand that's not a universal way of divine action but there are other things which we need to take into account and consideration why because from the ultimate cause to the immediate cause there is a whole chain of cause and effect which has developed in the course of evolution of earth and we cannot just annul it i mean it can be annulled by very special yogic process supramental world is supposed to be a world where automatically this chain is annulled and that is one of the problems we see in savitri before granting the boon to savitri ultimate boon the one the being the supreme he tells her you're going to annul the chain of cause and effect completely men will be like gods but greater than gods because they'll be free of all karma do you understand the implications he says yes <laughs> i understand the implications <laughs> in fact the mother said it can bring initially a lot of confusion because they are beings who have no karma they are reborn resurrection that's what resurrection means he spoke about it so it's not as simple as those like it's something similar super mind has come now there will be miracles every day and she says yes there are miracles but miracles have a way that they manifest miracles are also when there is a change of a thought structure when there is hope in the heart it's a very big miracle when there is suddenly faith springs up from within all these intermediary states are important meaning thereby that if we can cultivate a ground of being in which these things are present then it greatly facilitates the action of the divine grace of course this doesn't mean always everything will be granted because then it means that the divine is not omniscient we supply the knowledge and uses will that cannot be but at least many things will get ironed out there are certain things we have to go through in the evolutionary process as part of our evolutionary journey there is a very beautiful line in savitri heavens wiser love rejects the mortal's prayer sometimes it is we have to go through but what does the divine do when we open to the divine grace she carries us through it mitigates it we go through people feel oh my god look at his life or her life but she will take us through that is one kind of action where you have to go through certain thing but the help is there like arjuna on the battlefield 
the classic example I give is that you know the death of Jaydrath if some of us have read it and even more important death of Abhimanyu these two stories are very class interesting death of Jaydrath now Arjun has promised he is very quick to promise a sattvic man no I will do this <laughs> he is Kshatriya with a great sattvic bent but in life never and forever are terms best reserved only for the divine <laughs> I am going to do this he is such overconfident Sri Krishna says why do you do it now he has to fulfill it but he makes him go through that process till he is right that okay I couldn't keep my promise now this is the worst kind of situation for a being like Arjuna and he is lighting up the pyre and at that moment things change and he Sri Krishna tells him now is the time I command and you slay the foe so now you see he has to go through it to get a lesson that this look here don't keep promising just like that and Sri Krishna in his own life he shows he didn't promise but he said I am not going to lift weapons but he does that he says dharma is more important when Bhishma is there face to face he lifts up the wheel and he says this is not a weapon but I will defend Arjuna that's my bigger promise <laughs> whatever else I may have said but to defend my devotee is the promise that I give eternally and that overrides all others so why there was this special grace with Arjuna this is what I call it creating a ground of being certain things which may appear disastrous to I all this we need to otherwise you know doubts come Abhimanyu has to die people often ask why Abhimanyu has to die such a young lad such a tragic event taking place when he is Krishna's own nephew and uh, Arjuna's son I mean who else uh, can you imagine that the grace would be there and yet he dies so we have to remember Abhimanyu by his death becomes immortal he is defined now when you have acts of courage you define it he has become the defining standards Abhimanyu Jaisa just imagine he becomes immortal why? because he chose this not only he chose to enter into the Chakravyu his soul chose this path of Shaurya actually he defeated both Karna and his father Arjuna by this act he is sure we are in the real sense he is not just veer he is Hashorya which comes from the soul you know, if you read Shurabindo's Baji Prabhu so there are choices that the soul makes the divine doesn't interfere with that he respects it because it's important it's not about my surface mind crying save me, save me, save me what is happening in my depths we are ignorant but the divine is aware so he knows himself in the heart of the seeker this soul wants in this life to set a standard of bravery that cannot be surpassed honestly it, is, it remains almost unsurpassed there are some instances in 71 war I remember one of them Arun Khetpal who really literally made a similar act of Harakiri but Abhimanyu is unimaginable you can't he is immortal when you talk about brave men you think about him so this is there are choices that the soul makes sometimes it chooses to go through even suffering and pain let's say in a relationship 
once for all to remember well there is only one with whom we should have a relationship and that alone is permanent sometimes to go through it i remember when once um, uh, someone was cleaning the fans in the house and another person came this married person was cleaning the fans this person asked looks at this creature with strange eyes and says so now will you marry ever again <laughs> it was an odd question and the person said oh god <laughs> nothing wrong in cleaning the fan it's a beautiful thing but i'm just saying that sometimes you go through the divine lets you go through so what happens when we pray to grace situations may not change immediately and yet the divine makes the maximum of the lesson that we can draw not that he is teaching us in the way we understand teaching but grow we grow sometimes as we read in the mother mahakali when she wants to change time if need be she inflicts us with sharp pain if need be to awaken the slumberer so there is a divine wisdom that operate it not just that i pray to god and he intervenes there have been studies like that intercessionary prayers and you know uh, god in the cc obviously they are based on very facile understanding of how the divine consciousness works to dissociate divine uh, divine omniscience from divine omnipotence and there is a third element of the divine and that is the divine ananda i have seen people literally it's just unimaginable that they prayed they had faith and they had to go through the doors of death through whatever state but they were strangely in a state of inner joy they didn't ask for it they didn't say give me joy nobody says in a state of illness give me joy to sustain this that's a prayer nobody ever asks and yet something was holding them and by its touch they went through this entire process in a way that one could not imagine that you know how come because the touch of the divine is a very beautiful passage in savitri book 2 canto 14 the world soul a being lived so he describes this being the the divine being the universal being and what does he do his he turned racked falsehood into happy truth he stilled all weeping with its hands of joy so many times i have seen this experience he stilled all weeping with his hands of joy something he does that contact has the immediate thing that's why often people ask how does the ashram operate sometimes they ask what are the wages do they give you something <laughs> so people start describing prosperity and all that so i tell them yes we get immediate recompense and much more than we can ever imagine oh, what is that what is that <laughs> i said we get delight all our life we struggle to get tinsels of joy we believe this way we'll get that way we'll get but instantly when you serve the divine you get joy much more 
and what we can imagine. So when we open to the grace, but we have to form that relation with the divine. We have never formed that relation. So only the art prayer works. Why is it that with Arjuna everything works? His chariot has taken all the blows of all the forces and nothing happens to it. In the end, there is this story that Sri Krishna tells Arjuna, Arjun, I'm, I must be reminded that I am adding A, Arjun, okay. Sri Krishna tells Arjun that you come down from the chariot. Now that's not the norm. Sri Krishna is the charioteer, no? He is God, okay, but he is playing the role of charioteer. He is supposed to come down and ask <laughs> the, the main Rathi to come down. So Arjun says, is it okay? It means like you are breaking social norms and he says, I always break social norms. I have my own standards and yardsticks. So he is hesitating, he pushes Arjun. And Arjun comes down and then Sri Krishna comes down and the chariot is in flames. So he asks, what happened? He said, long back it would have been in flames. I was the one which was holding it. And if I would have gone first, you would have gone into flames along with the chariot. Now why this happens to him? Why not to everybody? Because Arjun has formed a bond with the Lord in lives. That's how he tells him. As far as you are concerned, you have fought the battle of the ages, you don't worry. That's why one of the words he uses is for him is somebody who is sinless. Just imagine Arjun is sinless. If you look at his uh, brief life sketch, he is, uh, but I mean he's a very good guy, nice guy. Wonderful. I love him. But, you know, typical yardsticks of conventional standards, he wouldn't be sinless. And yet, he addresses him as sinless, being with the Lord. It's a relationship we have to develop through life. So instead of just suddenly waiting, people keep on shifting. Okay, here it doesn't work, I'll go to this shrine where I'll get some miracle healing. Forget about it. Form the relationship with the Lord. Doesn't matter through health and illness, through night and day, through pain and joy and everything. Through a process of inner gratitude, connecting, surrender. What a beautiful opportunity these things help us to grow in contact with the divine. Jugalda was knowledge, he was the registrar. So he had a bad con and he was walking on the pavement which leads to the ashram and somebody saw him that he is literally having so much pain every time it's a bit of expression and he said what happened, what happened, he said I have a con how long 15 days, why don't you come, we'll operate it no, no, no it is helping me to remember mother at every step that's one attitude there is another which we see in Amrita, having a heart attack, people asked him, Amrita, what happened to you? Very serious face, oh my God, heart attack means, so Amrita with a characteristic smile and said, no, nothing, my sweetheart is giving me some trouble. This cheerfulness which opens us to the grace, where does it come from? It comes from trust in the divine grace. Just imagine, you can smile, my sweetheart is giving me some trouble. There was another story of faith. It's a connect that one forms. Nishikant was a bundle of diseases. And when somebody complained of some disease, he would laugh. He says, I am a whole 
anyone wants to do any experiment on disease i i mean then you would eat so much rasgulla and everything absolutely uh, haywire in his habits with all his diabetes and everything and people complained to mother mother called him and asked him nishkant did you go to lake yesterday yes mother i was writing poetries that i know but what did you go with i believe rasgulla one handi yes mother Aren't you afraid? People are complaining. Aren't you afraid? Mother, you want child of Mahakali to be afraid? Okay. <laughs> and then when he has a paralysis, the only demand he makes is take me to mother. Mother asks, "What do you want?" Put your feet over my head, over my heart. That's all. Doctors have said he has some forty-eight hours more. That's all he says. Put your feet over my heart. I don't want anything. And she puts her feet over her. His heart is on a stretcher. He is very intelligent. <laughs> he went on to live for good, I think, fourteen, twenty years after that. What is it? It's a bond. Our inner state is so important. Another was the first place where I used to work, marbling. There was a story of this person called uh, was it Shivar? Anyways, doesn't matter. Something to do with Shiv, and um, he developed tuberculosis of the spine. Now those days, you know, it was so difficult in forties, and he asked he asked the mother, mother, what should I do? Somebody has told me, a doctor has told me, that it's tuberculosis spine. You have to op- operate and take medicine. It's an urgent thing. So mother replied, "Do as you wish. Do as you please." So, ha! Huh, his name was Sadashiv. Thank God. Yeah. So he asked him that uh, after some time, said he stayed quiet. He said, "Okay, let me see." He's wondering what should I do. Then somebody told him, "Take a second opinion." So a doctor, but meanwhile had come from abroad, and he asked him, "Please give me." He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already now. You must operate." So he again write, writes to the mother, and mother said, "Do as you please." So <laughs> then he wrote, "Mother, I don't want to do as I please. You tell me what I should do." That time, mother tells him, "Only the grace can cure you. Have faith." Then he said, "Okay." So forties he had this problem, and eighties when he was eighty plus, he left his body. what i'm trying to say is there is a ground there is that first line in the mother chapter 3 to walk through life armored against all fear peril and disaster only two things are needed two that go always together imagine together the grace of the divine mother that is the first and foremost and then shubhin says only two things are needed two that go always together the grace of the divine mother and from your side an inner state made up of faith sincerity and surrender this inner state is important this is the ground of being and faith is not a belief It's not a belief in miracle cure. That's a mind's way of doing things. Faith is, by its very nature, it's defined as kalyan shadha. 
whatever happens the divine will carry me through this and it will be for the good that is faith surrender surrender doesn't mean ah uh, whatever happens no no surrender means we have to in very every detail every day morning i often tell people have you told reported your condition to the divine doctor to go to the physical doctor it's okay but morning when we wake up still fever is there mother this my situation people used to do that when should be there the mother there were people to whom the mother would say write every day they would write every day so why would they say write every day doesn't the divine know everything this question also they asked the mother and she said yes but i want you to become conscious and it's something very marvelous i have seen this done it myself and still do it and i have seen what happens when you have a problem it may be a physical health difficulty or psychological difficulty or with people i have seen that when you write to the mother when you share it with her once i shared a long letter this problem that problem every kind of thing well there were not too many problems <laughs> only one problem but big letter because your problem seems that time what i noticed is that i changed you become conscious i have seen sometimes that over a period of time you become more and more conscious you realize how stupid and unconscious you were you thought it's somebody else's problem somebody else's but she keeps making you sincere and if she loves us she make sure that till we become really sincere look at things just as they are without coloring painting which we are too good at doing see i am such a fine person that person mother that person has hurt me so much and she will say my child the ego gets hurt the soul is never hurt oh okay i was in ego consciousness <laughs> then you see what exactly is in the ego that got hurt what is that point it's hidden in covers neat covers when you say this ego is nice satvik ego and things like that okay fine no and if we go deep inside we may discover even a brute element which is hidden inside which has taken nice colors complexions and then mother says pluck it out like with the tweezer take it out offer it to her she will she, she never judges that's the beauty of one thing about divine mother is that the beauty of a relationship with the divine mother divine as mother divine as guru is i have told you do this practice i have taught you it, this practice already if you have problem in practice you come and tell me rest is karma law of karma go through it that's a guru divine as father okay my benevolent hand is upon you yes my child i am the witness to all that you are going through under my watchful eyes you are going through it but you know certain things we have to go through but as father he will bring in compassion compassion is when you enter into the law you don't change anything fundamentally but help but divine is mother how dare my child goes through but she will give you a nice shake up if necessary to make sure you grow conscious but all the time she'll take you to the bathtub 
and that super rain of the divine, nice scrub. You come out if you ah, thank you, ma. During that time, no, 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 don't open my clothes, mother. <laughs> that's where it's dirty. That's where it hurts. It's nothing. So this bond we have to develop with the divine. Divine is mother. What a marvel! Shubhendra and the mother have brought before us. It is truly in a bhuto, in a bhavishyato. Divine and mother in an embodiment is something amazing. There have been mystics who have turned to the divine as mother. It's amazing. You can tell anything to her. You can be bare before she knows you even before you are born. Mother is the only one who can claim to know you before you were born. She will say, "Tu garb me bina bahut chhatpat karta tha." Even when you were in the womb, no, you used to kick a lot. <laughs> she knows you. She knows you by a subtle link which is never broken, umbilical cord. She knows you even when you don't know yourself. So it is the. bond that we have to form with the divine then when we see we realize that we may have started with illness but it shifts completely it became a pretext for us to grow into contact and oneness with the divine like that lady who came all the way to india seeking a yogi who will cure her of her uh, you know face there was some problem people had advised plastic surgery I think it was burn or something. I don't remember now. Some illness. Then she was told, "No, no, yogis in India can do this magic." She went all around, and she finally came to mother. And she said, "Stay on." So after one year, she said, "I have forgotten all about it." But now it's a different thing altogether for me. Is this journey? And she says, "Yes, that's why you came. This was a pretext." So the divine consciousness at once takes into account all these countless things together. That's why its vision is called as the way eagle looks at all the coordinates, or the owl which can move 360 degrees. And even in darkness, it can see. Owl is incidentally a very good creature. It's not for no reason that it is the vahana of Lakshmi. It's a when somebody says, you know, you are a ulu, then actually it's a compliment, huh? <laughs> We all that we can say is Mahalakshmi is Ullu. Ullu is actually it's a amazing creature. You know, it can see in the dark. It can move its head 360 degrees. Symbol of something very interesting. Something beautiful. So she is. When we form form this, the minimum that happens. Somebody asked, you know, are all prayers answered? Well, why should they all be answered? It's not a mechanical slot where, like, you know, you. Pay some money and you get the Coca-Cola bottle out based on the number of dollars you have put. Such a divine would not be worth even pursuing. That's artificial intelligence, AI, not divine intelligence. If you put ten dollars or whatever two dollars in the slot to get the Coca-Cola, the divine intelligence may actually <laughs> remove all Coca-Cola bottles from your sight. <laughs> Go thirsty. and one day you forget about kokabola so the divine consciousness works in ways which are not comprehensible to the human mind that's why faith and surrender are important that's why sincerity is important the message she gave to jipma at that time we were discussing about it truth cures what is that truth behind every illness there is a deep disharmony so we have to discover it it's a journey even illness is a discovery what is there It's a journey. Our well, life is a journey. So we discover that little thing which was insincere, and when you remove it, 
and you see it it cures truth cures in that sense it's a great discovery and when we look at it like that it's another pearl added to our kitty when we go we don't take karmas this sorry to say but you know we take the essence of the experience through karmas through thought feelings it's not like karma somebody is recording mr chitragupta and company chitragupta is the subconscious that's all chitragupta who can see everything that is documented in some part that's a different story altogether but something as the essence of an experience we carry so life is a beautiful discovery and we must always it's not necessary that every time everything that we want will happen in life it doesn't and yet we must want that which is right which is true which is beautiful that alone will last illness is an opportunity to step back and look at life its whirl as it passes what do i want i want this breath this life or do i want the life eternal see shri ramakrishna when somebody asked him i want to know the divine i want to know the divine so one day he took him to the river ganges when he was inside he said take a dip he took a dip and he held his head he said oh my god oh my god i am about to die this is what were you wanting that time he said the air that time when you asked for the divine so the first step necessary is to grow in oneness with that divine rest is an automatic process it's not like do this do that change the sheet it's not just about removing an illness what are the causes roots of an illness and then we understand why the mother and shubindu speak of transformation magic cures are different they would never indulge in cure by vital forces they knew vital energies can cure there are a lot of you know healing that takes place but it doesn't really heal from the depths you have to keep doing it every practitioner knows to keep going and again there is something which happens because it is not going to help eventually the deeper roots or like many medicines it he cures out one part and then the illness takes another root that same energy so what does the divine mother do and what is really transformation at the very roots the mother said why we don't indulge in that kind of vital miracle because it gives the right for certain vital powers to continue their reign that's not how things should be they want to cure it radically and the only radical of course many miracles happen i'm not talking about that yes of course but the greatest of miracles is the very possibility of illness vanishes that of course is the supramental transformation at the end when someone asks the mother what should be the inner condition when we pray for healing she said remain quiet not i prayed after half an hour the doctor says your temperature has risen from 101 to 102 is it i had prayed half an hour back so <laughs> now like homeopathy it brings out many things it's a catharsis it's a purification then again one is waiting of maybe half an hour divine takes time to act after one hour has the illness disappeared so patience faith quietude is a ground of being even for the divine to act because there are many links in the chain he is working upon matter which is most impervious and resistant 
matter doesn't open readily to the divine. It's much easier to remove an inner psychological state than to get rid of a material condition. It takes time. One has to endure with faith, patience, perseverance. Every day, just like I report to the doctor, one should tell. Minimum that will happen is, as I said, prayer, not all prayers may be answered, but minimum that happens, and that is not a minimum, but I would say maximum, is that we form a relation with the divine. Is it something not of value? It is the only thing of value. Because illnesses will come and go. Life will come and go. But this relation is something eternal. It cuts across lives, goes across through that. That's what Sri Krishna says. I can't guarantee Arjuna that you will live or die. Victory, yes. But one thing I assure you, that if you remember me, fight the great battle, even if you fall, nothing will be lost. I'll be with you through the journey. And of course, if you win, it is the divine's victory. Either which way. So this is the state, quietude, peace, faith. And then to call by giving oneself, not like... Ma, I am having shivering, fever, what should please do something about it? Quiet you. Ma, ma, ma. Open the body entirely, every part, every pain, every spot, every symptom, give it to her. Without hesitation. Everything that is happening outside and inside, if you are conscious, so much the better. It saves time and energy. And then the healing comes. So when mother was asked that, so when we pray like that, you must be sending your transforming force, healing force. She said, three times more than what is required. And then she explains, the first dose is to heal you of the immediate relief you of the symptoms. Second is to help you discover the deeper causes, which we hardly take, you know, deeper causes. There is some reason why the disharmony has taken place. And the third is to remove the possibility. It is given, but we lose it. It's a different thing. She said most of the time we lose it. Because we are too much occupied with the surface, too much occupied with the symptoms, and we do all kinds of things like calling people, visitors, sitting together, little bit better, ah, so nice, so wonderful. So instead of that, we should just stay quiet. Illness should be a transforming experience in our lives. Because that is what the grace ultimately does. If we are simply got rid of symptoms, then it will come back because we have not learned the lesson. But if we have grown through it, every crisis is a door to a greater liberation. We have got rid of our fears, got rid of all the things that hold us back, confront those fears. Ultimately, the fear of death, which is the most non-existent thing in which we believe in. And instead of which, if we trust the divine grace, an occasion, opportunity, it's like a school. Then life becomes wonderful, not only during the illness, but even more importantly, post-illness. That's the journey of illness, opening to the divine grace. For the rest, there are doctors and medicines and vaccines and certificates. Thank you. <laughs> no, if questions are there, most welcome. Yeah. No, sir. 
Nada criticar tu avanzar. Ver sin ser fianza de la derecha. Hay una medicina con indígenas o disturbios en la vida. Clearly indicates that either one or more are in short supply. So we have to, you know, have to compete. Yes. But with regard to the people whom we love, when they go through this kind of illnesses and they do not have that spread since they surrender, they rely more on these medicines, doctors. Absolutely. Then in that case, what we should do? We should try to see why we are so attached because we suffer quite understandably and we have to keep praying and offering them we have to pray for them and yet the fact remains that each of us are on a unique individual journey and though they may be linked to us through emotional ties ties of birth various things but each one's journey is unique and one has to go through sometimes through the passage of peril and pain unfortunately certainly it is uh, something which is unwarranted but what one can still do is to create around them an atmosphere which can act like a blanket so what I suggest is that I mean, it will depend on the person and how close they are but still like playing Savitri music Put it on gentle thing. Quietly arrange the room so that the atmosphere is beautiful. Speak beautiful things. Don't worry. Don't have fear. There are mirror neurons in the human brain which can keep mirroring. See how we keep thinking, oh, two days back somebody had told me this. Why does this happen? Because they are mirror neurons. So when we go and say, don't worry, have courage, it is a great act. And then to pray and put them in contact with the divine. These things we still can do. There is a little story of somebody who asked, uh, prayed to the mother that, you know, my so-and-so is not well and I want to go. Now, different time, mother would suggest different things. So first I must tell you not to make a dogma out of it because there was a situation first. Let me tell you the others one where a person wanted to go and the departmental head said, why are you so attached? What is the point of going? You can just be here and help. And when mother came to know and she said that you shouldn't be so cruel. He wants to go and take care of his father. And there is nothing wrong with it. So she taught this person. But in another instance to another sadhak, she said something different. She said, well, if you feel that your going is going to help, you can go. But you can help him much more by being here and praying and sending prayers to, to him. So prayers have a tremendous effect. Tremendous effect. And I believe it's something very uniquely human. I feel often we forget what are the uniquely human things. We immediately say we can think. I don't know, maybe animals also think and think very poorly of us. <laughs> that's a different story. Who knows? They may think in another mode these human beings. That's why they run away most of the time. These demons have come better, you know. <laughs> they will eat us or do something. Who knows? You know? So we, it's not thinking. It's not even self-reflection. Self-reflection to an extent is human, but animals do learn things in to, to some extent. But prayer is something very uniquely, it goes from the heart, even creatures, some animals do pray. I mean, I have, we have heard the story of Gajgraha and, you know, in, from 
the Dashavatar story. But the fact remains that we can pray and put them in contact with the divine. Sometimes we can do a material act like uh, a photograph and uh, again, not to make it into a miracle doing practice, but put it with a blessing packet and put it in an envelope and place it at the mother's feet. Write about that and place it at the mother's feet. So there are several things we can do and yet we must know that uh, as I said, divine omnipotence cannot be dissociated from the omniscience. So the, ultimately we should surrender it to the divine on behalf of that person. It's a process of growing conscious. We should support the other person's journey of becoming conscious as far as it's possible. saying they are one together in the sense we create a difference and we create a difference every time we pray we want the divine omnipotence to act with the feeling divine can do everything well potentially he can that's what omnipotence means but if this omnipotence is at the mercy of human wishes then we are creating a dissociation that I will pray he will act but he has his own wisdom at a human level I'll tell you that you know uh, we have children. Now children teach us this. When we tell children that you should do this, say, I can think for myself. Does a child say that or not? I can think for myself. Let me think for myself. Okay, you give your input, your suggestion. But I'll... Because why? Because knowledge and will, they are two ways of looking at the same truth. It's like uh, flame. Flame has two attributes, heat and light. They are not separate. They are two different modalities of the same. That's why in the highest Ishwara and Shakti are one. But here they appear as separate movements which in human consciousness and lower down they are divided. So in our dealing with the divine we deal as if the divine does not know what is good for us, what he should do and not do. But whatever I wish he must fulfill. And there are places which advocate wish fulfillment they are the most dangerous places because obviously in such places you will have vital forces which will immediately seem to fulfill your wish but will take you away from the divine simply because these are forces which are engaged in petty fulfillment of desires whereas when we pray to the divine to the divine in divine divine let's put it <laughs> so he will listen to you but he will ultimately act based on the gestalt of your life the past, the present, the future. Why? Because he loves. And he has all this data in front. Sometimes he may even concede. Even though it's not a good thing. But then he will ensure that your eventual good is always in his sight. He'll take you still through that but in his own way. So that's what I mean that we dissociate divine omnipotence from omniscience every time we pray and expect an impossible miracle. By impossible I mean Potentially nothing is impossible, but there is a process. Instant miracle, divine governed by our wishes, that's obviously a non-starter. So it's a logical fallacy that we often indulge in and that's what I wanted to point out. When we pray to the divine, he is omnipotent, he acts, he is all love. But at the same time, his love is one with wisdom. He is not blinded by appearances. That's what we should remember. So meaning thereby... Under all circumstances, we should trust Him. When things go the way we hoped for, 
Even more, when things don't go the way we hope for. That means he takes us seriously. <laughs> That's what. When a mom dis- denies a child what the child wants, it is even a greater love because aunts will give. Aunts, ma, see. They will give up. That's why children like their aunts better, na? Masi kitni achi hai. Bagal wali mummy kitni achi hai. You know, the, my friend's mummy is so good. Why? Because she's a friend's mummy. She is she's loving. But this mummy, the mummy mummy, she will not just concede to anything and everything because she knows your past. She knows the present and future in a limited sense. So she's not going to give everything that you ask anytime. But the mummy of your friend will do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is the difference. So we must trust that whatever she is doing, there is a purpose, there is a logic, divine logic and it's a grace. So take everything as a grace and be grateful for all that happens, for all the ordeals, as the mother says, because they bring us closer to the divine through the fastest way. So it's a package. It's not like I... How to open to the divine grace and there is a miracle healing. No, it's a packet. And how to open, as I said, in quietude, call, simply call her name, Ma, Ma, Ma. She doesn't require any big, uh, this way I must do this throat. Some people ask me, what particular mantra to heal? I said, don't put the divine so far. But then, if your mantra goes haywire, <laughs> then there is a problem. So, what should I do? I said, so simple. Ma, does he. Does the divine, is he a slave to your language, spoken word? He is a servant of love. Call him with love. Ma, she will take care. Okay? Okay, I think, uh, shall we? Close it? Thank any, you. Any questions from the online participants? Okay, Anyone sorry. I forgot. Is the meter? Yeah. Yes, Navneet. Uh, yeah, I want to know how you can know about hospitals to become spaces, 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 Yeah, so uh, you're talking of schools or hospitals? Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so normally in a typical hospital, let's say, we give an importance only to the doctor, the medicine and the person. Space is the last priority. Space, yes, it should be a big hospital. Maybe the room should be clean. But the energy of that place, same with education. Children go and go with either fear or they get into this, I must get marks. All this should go because it should be a space where automatically it facilitates learning. It's a big subject, but I'm just touching very briefly. It should facilitate healing. Now, how can it facilitate healing? First, through the gateway of senses. Every sight and sound should be such that by the time you walk in the hospital, you feel, ah, wonderful, I am healed. When children enter into the school, they should feel like I want to go there, regardless of the teacher, not just because I play. Because, you know, everything should speak of, not this typical bench and table. This system should go, there should be a lot of innovativeness, creativity, floor arrangement, in fact, different ways of sitting. Because children are different. You know, standardized way of doing things is a typical mind and reasons way of doing things. That age is gone. So, so nice if we have a couple of benches, certain things on the floor, certain 
places where you can just you know like a natural tree because that's the organic way to learn maybe even in an open space where their minds also open rather than clamped up spaces so also with healing process see earlier when people had this problem of illness uh, i'm sorry back and forth because both different subjects but with a common thing uh, people used to be sent to sanatorium what was good about sanatorium you had uh, wind was passing freely and uh, there was good light it healed when our uh, parichanda he had uh, if i remember right it but was he but one of them he had tuberculosis and the mother said tuberculosis is not a disease it's a depression of the immune system so what should i do go and work in the rose garden go to hospital and look for flowers in fact they don't allow and the rooms crammed up with air condition and a bed here to accommodate the person there is another bed when doctors come it's like my god a judgment is going to be passed on me all this must go nice lovely music i i, I used to do this in when i was in institute of aerospace medicine though it was not dedicated to healing but obviously as a psychiatrist people would come take appointment was mainly for space medicine so they would come i i had put uh, sunil das music outside which is to play throughout gentle and um, mother's picture inside as if was we are not supposed to put i said i'll see dekhenge nobody ever question but i said i'll see <laughs> on my table and then uh, some nice beautiful uh, quotes for instance there are two steps to uh, regulating worry one of the ones which people used to love uh, first don't worry about small things and two there is everything is a small thing so you know it there's small little things by the time they came i i know at least a few people who said uh, sir aapke to bahar baith ke hum theek ho gaye i am i felt so much good unfortunately i can't do it here <laughs> yeah this suggestion but this is how i had actually done with a nice picture nice beautiful flower and people were so happy and they would get fine because the atmosphere and the way we deal even with teachers see teachers place themselves in a position of authority good morning madam okay children sit down what are we going to learn today oh my god this is so boring i would sleep if somebody does that <laughs> so <laughs> make them feel so happy about coming it's like a bond you develop so there is a lot it's a big subject maybe once i would suggest <laughs> James to have a topic on healing and educational spaces. Then we can talk a lot. But the spaces we don't care about the environment, the consciousness of teachers. Anybody with a BA or MED, BA or MED is not important for God's sake. Here we don't have that system. So, uh, anyways, I don't know. The whole system has to change. Uh, the whole school building, typical school building. and you get performance certificate where you are being just and uh, condemned or <laughs> passed i mean i personally had no problem by mother's grace all uh, um, super grades but that's not the issue the issue is uh, you know the kind of uh, thing we are generating they have lost that love to learn so what they do is when children come out they have learned to remember uh, books when they come out for medical uh, engineering entrance they are cramming books of multiple choice questions going to coaching institute this is so absurd i deliberately didn't go even my parents i said i don't want to go to coaching institutes it speaks very poor of you know how you have grown up but this is what we are generating 
so above all when they go out through schooling they should be able to think freely book is not a dead end to answering my query the dead end is the beginning of a new query which is not answered in the book so they must learn to have more and more queries so it's a big overhauling required it needs a change of uh, basic change of the understanding of teachers coming together swadhyay i don't know how but you know i mean i know how but it has to be implemented in each school through swadhyay through systematic programs where people begin to become aware there is so much more than getting a degree or bed and mat there is so much more than an mbs and mbbs and md it's nothing it's just i know what are the medication but a healer is yet to be born so there should be such program there are fortunately in healing i know even in educational institute some people have started it that's very good i see biology nodding so i'm sure some of the shurbindu centers have started it i know in healing spaces uh, in aims and uh, in uh, in this place karamsad gujarat some places people have actually started in places in odisha but still it's very far from what is really uh, expected of uh, her children acting as dynamos <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah thank you yeah. thank you thank you so much yes